So in this week's episode, I am sharing with you my conversation that I had with the lovely Sophie Careful, a branding photographer based down south in the UK. And we talk all about her entire journey from how she started out, how she knew she had a passion for photography, but it didn't quite fit right. And she went on to do a degree in something completely different and yet has somehow found her way back to photography. I absolutely loved talking to Sophie and she shares some of her top tips on what to do in order to find the right branding photographer. We also talk about the different styles of photos that actually are classed as personal branding and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this episode and you find some real value in it. If you do, then please do feel free to scream and shout about it on socials. Uh, Make sure you tag me. I'm at Lorna Scully UK and I'll be sure to share them all. So without further ado, here's our conversation. Okay. Hello, lovely Sophie. How are you? I'm really well, thank you, Lorna. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm absolutely loving that it's not raining today. (laughs) Yeah, that's a nice treat, isn't it? (laughs) It literally seems to rain all the time now. (laughs) Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too cold either today. I just went, took the dog out for a minute and it was nice and like fresh, but not freezing, which I like. It doesn't feel like proper winter. Yeah, it's not here yet, has it? Um, Cool. So before we get chatting, I like to challenge my guests with... Uh, an introduction see if they can introduce themselves within 30 seconds or less and if you go over the 30 seconds all that I ask is that you make a small contribution to the charity mind Mm -hmm. do you think you're up for the challenge yes I have not practiced this at all but I feel like because I naturally speak quite quick (laughs) I probably will manage it um you may not understand anything I said (laughs) but I can I can probably cram it in but equally happy to support mind charity if I uh, amazing Cool. Well, I've got my stopwatch ready. So, ready? Yes, I'm ready. Go. Okay. Hi, I'm Sophie. I am very nearly 29 years old. Um, I've been self-employed for four years um, as a photographer and I'm almost married. (laughs) I would have been um, had COVID not happened. So that'll be next year now, hopefully. Um, I've got a good degree in French and Spanish. I am currently living in Devon, but moving back to Bristol soon. Um, I'm a major introvert. I love dogs and travel and a nice cup of tea and a sit down. That's me. Wowzers, 28 seconds. Well done, Sophie. Oh, Oh, I'm impressed with myself. That was lucky. (laughs) You do talk quite fast, but actually, (laughs) like a good pace. I could understand everything. That's so good. (laughs) I'm glad. So... That's so sad. I can't believe it. So you've had to postpone your wedding. Yeah, so it was going to be in July. Um, So I think it's sort of early April, we called it and moved it to the end of next May. So fingers crossed, it'll be able to go ahead then. Oh, goodness. It, oh, it's got to be over by then, surely. Yeah, Please. hopefully so. <laughs> fingers crossed. Have, have you got everything sorted? No, <laughs> we've got hardly anything sorted. Um, We kind of, because we because of the amount of time that was left before it was going to go ahead the first time. Um, Like we just didn't have a lot of the stuff arranged. Um, And so obviously in this time when we thought we might not even be able to do it in May, we've not like plowed on with planning. So um, we might have a bit of a last minute uh, (laughs) panic on our hands if we, if we do go ahead. So yeah, better get back on that soon. 
I mean, sometimes that always works out for the best. I've seen some absolutely cracking last minute, like very small weddings happen yeah, during people are really lockdown. Going for it, aren't they? It's it's nice that obviously it's really sad to have to do it, but if you can adapt and like make your you know make the most of the situation and still have a really nice like intimate wedding, I think that's amazing. Um, so yeah, people have done well. Yeah, and so. I guess the reason you're, <laughs> I asked you to be on the podcast, we've got, always got to remind myself that I, I'm, I'm here to talk about business. So obviously you're a branding photographer. Yes. Was that always the plan? Um, no, not like from sort of, you know, when I was younger and people asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up sort of thing? Although I didn't have an answer to that question at all. Um, thinking back, I guess deep down, like I would have wanted to say photographer, like I wouldn't have known what kind, but I have always loved photography. It's been a kind of lifelong hobby. Um, So I probably kind of wanted to say that, but I just didn't, I'd never seen any examples of people like me being professional photographers and actually being able to make a living that way. Like there was always this kind of narrative of like the starving artist and like even I did A-level photography at college and um, even there, like there was no talk of like being freelance or starting a business or um, working for yourself as a, as a photographer. Like it just didn't really come into the sort of curriculum, which I think is absolutely mad thinking back. Um, so yeah, obviously did that A level um, and loved it and didn't really feel like I was kind of good enough, I guess, or um, like artistic enough or you know enough of an artist to take it further. Um, so as I mentioned, then I um, did French and Spanish for my degree which I loved as well. Like I, I love to travel and I love languages. So that was, you know, an, you know, a passion as well, but it was, it was kind of a choice that reflected my lack of confidence in, you know, my abilities as a photographer. And I just didn't really think it was kind of worth it. Probably echoed by like my parents and, you know, sensible people around me being like, do a proper degree that's like not arty farty or whatever, which is such a bad like rhetoric. Obviously now that I'm in this like creative world and you're probably the same like we know so many talented yeah. people doing artistic things and obviously we don't write it off as being a stupid waste of time but like that is kind of how I felt back in the day that like people thought that way of it and that just put me off from even trying really which is really sad but I found my way around in the end um so yeah I um when I finished uni I did a um, six-month apprenticeship not apprenticeship what's the word um internship for a yep. web design agency um so I did their like um I think I guess I was called like marketing assistant or something like that and I did things like running social media for their clients writing blog posts um and also because they knew I was into photography they asked me to take some pictures too which was quite fun um so I'd go out and like take photos of these different businesses including like people who put like vinyl sort of decals on vans and stuff like that was one of the main (laughs) clients um super glamorous um (laughs) I would go and take photos of them for their blog posts which is cool um and then I mean it got you out of the office well yeah exactly it was always a nice treat to like go and do something different and also to be trusted to do something that I love like I remember having um some people came around to have headshots done in the office as well um that they were um they were building like a I think it was like a private hospital or something. I can't remember what it was now. But anyway, there was this team of people doing this new project. And yeah, they came around and have their headshots. And I remember thinking like, this is really cool that like I'm allowed to do this as part of my job. Um, do you think Do you think that gave you, obviously you mentioned that you had like a lack of confidence. And I think mm-hmm. I can definitely relate to that. And I can only imagine that anybody listening to this will relate to that mm-hmm. as well. And I think... I'm quite glad that you said it because my it felt like my school and my parents were a bit the same. Yeah. It was very much like you go to school and then you go to university. Mm-hmm. But like I always wanted to be an interior designer 
And it wasn't until like it came to university that I was like, I actually know nothing about interior design. So I'm not currently prepared to take that punt. Mm -hmm. But nobody kind of helped me with that, if that makes sense. It was very much like you should go and do something a bit more... I don't know what the word is. Like academic? academic Yeah, like something that they feel like will lead into like a proper job in quotes. Um, (laughs) Quote, unquote, yeah, proper job. All that did, though, was land me in a job that I didn't want. Like that's basically (laughs) what happened. The moral of that story was, and even, it's not like I even did like a marketing degree. Like I said, I did languages, but everybody on my course who wasn't sort of like a teacher or a translator seemed to go into marketing. I don't know why. I guess there's a lot of sort wow. of horrible skills. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? But I was the same and I kind of just like let myself be kind of shepherded along down that route. And I just didn't really, it was basically an accident. I think because also on my year abroad in Spain, I worked for a like a website and SEO agency as well. So that was kind of the only experience I had on my CV, which is what led me to get that internship at the web yeah. agency. And then when I left that, purely because I um, that was in Sheffield where I'd gone to uni and then I moved down to Bristol to live with my boyfriend because he got a job down there um, and then we um, I got a job again another marketing assistant job but it was purely like I was just doing what I felt like I didn't have a choice but to do sort of thing like that was all my CV said I could do so I was just oh well I'll just do that and then like yeah I eventually was like what am I doing <laughs> I was kind of looking at my boss and thinking like I do not want to be you like <laughs> if this is if the whole point of you know career progression and everything is like you sort of work your way up in the company and you know get closer to the top I was looking at her and thinking god I do not want to go there like that's not and then yeah. I questioned everything and then that was like once I kind of pulled on that thread it was like all unraveled <laughs> and that's how I ended up um starting my own business so yeah it's it's a wiggly path to getting here um but but again, I think one that a lot of people would be able to relate to. Mm, I think yeah. I'm very similar, although I actually do quite enjoy it now, <laughs> more so now that I work for myself. I don't know what that says, but um, I very much fell into marketing. I didn't go to university, so I fell into marketing mm-hmm. and I, I've just, just kind of stayed here. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've just not really left. And you've like found a way to make it work for you as well, right? Like being your own boss is very different to having being yeah. told what to do and not having a control of the clients that you work for for example and like ha- you know having to write content about stuff that maybe you don't believe in and like you know it's you have a lot more control as as the person like steering that ship so I think it's amazing to to make that work for you but yeah for me it was just a case of like um yeah a few um I, I don't know I just kind of lost my way a bit and didn't didn't feel like I was in the right place and I just started to question like what why am I doing this um so yeah and obviously now my work is still very like heavily marketing related like personal branding yeah. is effectively you know part of the marketing yeah. department really like that's what it's all for um so I'm still kind of doing the same thing and I'm using so many of the skills as well like had I not had those jobs like in Spain and in Sheffield with the web design stuff I wouldn't have been able to build my own website and you know which I've done sort of three times over now like because when I started out I did wedding photography so I used to have a, a WordPress website for my wedding stuff and then moved over to Squarespace so all these skills like I've learned from my job so I can't completely like um whinge about them like they've got me here um but yeah now I have a lot more control of the things that I work on so it's great that's so good and I think yeah you're right regardless of whether we when we look back on jobs we might be like oh god that was awful like mm-hmm. I had to pull myself out of bed or I hated it or like you saying like looking at your boss it's not until you kind of stop and think, well, actually, I learned this and I learned that and I wouldn't yeah. be able to do this now. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's quite cool. Do you think that the opportunity of having to take photos for 
blog posts and those clients gave you the confidence boost that you were missing when you were going to university and doing your A-levels and stuff to then push you towards being, you know, whatever came next, your wedding photography. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it must have made a difference. I think I wouldn't have like cognitively put that together until sort of more recently. Like I didn't really think of it in that way, but it must have made a difference because I remember my first paid um, wedding photography job or one of them. Yeah, I think it was my first one. I booked it. I remember speaking to the client from my office that I worked in. Um, <laughs> that was where I got that job, like at that same time. So um, it must have played into my mind, like, well, if I can do it for this, you know, my boss is paying me and I, and getting me to do this work for his client. He must trust me to be good enough. Um, so that did make a difference. But I think with, yeah, I don't know. I think confidence for photography and and anything I suppose comes from doing it like I couldn't have done anything that I've done without just practicing constantly so when I was at uni um I used to do a lot of model test shoots so I would kind of there'd be some websites where photographers and makeup artists and models can kind of um yeah look for portfolio building projects and stuff like that so I would go on those websites and arrange to meet up with people and and do shoots like that where it's you know no money exchanges hands but it's just for everyone to get pictures for their portfolio and that was amazing for me like especially as like a back then like I still am an introvert but back then I would have said more that I was a shy introvert um it was like really that really pushed me out of my comfort zone to go and like meet up with an aspiring model in a park and take their pictures like it was a bit weird like thinking back (laughs) to it like yeah lucky that everyone I worked with was like super nice and it was all very like safe um but <laughs> yeah everyone knew where they stood like yeah, exactly. you're not just randomly taking photos in a park <laughs> yeah um but yeah those jobs really helped me to like learn that I actually could take a good picture and I could like hold a conversation with someone and like because that was you know almost a bigger challenge for me than actually taking the pictures was like putting the person at ease and like helping them feel relaxed when I was actually like a bag of nerves um so yeah that all helped with confidence too and then with wedding photography again like I um I don't know if this is like a common term outside of the photography industry, but like being a second shooter is like if you are the sort of yeah secondary photographer on a wedding, if there's a big, a big wedding, usually they need some support from a second photographer. And I did that for a few people um, to build up my confidence as well. And um, things like styled shoots as well. So like arranging, working with like wedding dress designers or florists and things like that to, to put on kind of wedding shoots. Um, So all of that helps for, for building confidence really. And that's, that's how I, yeah, got to the point of being able to do it as a job. That's so cool. And I think, especially nowadays, I think confidence is one of those things that it's so subjective, isn't it? That I think so many people struggle with it. Mm. And it's it's one of those things to kind of, it's really hard to admit, but I think a lot more people will resonate with that than you or I could probably ever imagine. Mm. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with it and like a myth that I'm really like committed to busting like in anything I do is like confidence is not something you're born with. Like, yes, there are some yes. people who maybe naturally have like a bit more um they're more extroverted so they enjoy being around people and and you know expressing themselves in front of people more or they they get more energy from that and maybe they have like a natural charisma like yes those things exist I'm not saying they don't but equally like it's disempowering for us to think that confidence is only reserved for some people and if we don't have that magic spark then like we're doomed like there's nothing we can do about it because that's you know how are you ever going to get grow and get out of that place if you think that it's not you know accessible to you so I think we have to believe that it is a skill that you can learn and it's a muscle that you build by practicing so whether that is like your actual craft and your job and you know what you do for work um or you know other parts of your life like you get better by doing doing the thing um I couldn't agree more I could not agree more at all 
Because I think that's the thing, isn't it? A lot of people, I always preach, whether to clients or I've said it on here bloody multiple multiple <laughs> times, we don't, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And so, exactly. so many people will say to me, oh, like, oh, I should have known that. Like, we'll go through something. And I was like, they will always, you can see them kicking themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I should have known that. And I'm like, but why? Yeah. It's my job you, to know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But I'm confident in that because I've been doing it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You're not because you haven't. Yeah, exactly. We've got to let ourselves off the hook a bit. 100%. Couldn't agree more. And so I guess from a business point of view then, um, what would you say have been like your biggest challenges? Um, well, funny that we're talking about confidence because that was the first thing I wrote on my notes. <laughs> my notes. Um, so yeah, definitely that thing of feeling like, oh God, I'm now like, because I pretty much like jumped ship with not much of a plan from my job. I, in fact, I didn't even know I was going to do like that photography was going to be my business. I actually was applying for other jobs when I left that job that was making me really miserable. Ah, um, interesting. I for other stuff and everything, all the job descriptions I was reading sounded exactly like the one I'd just been in. And the, it had turned out that it was nothing like what it was, what it said on paper. So I just lost all trust in like job descriptions. Basically, it was like if this is going to be another trap, I don't want to, uh, don't want to fall into it. So yeah, I did a few, um, like like through sort of family and friend connections, like practiced business shoots. So sort of like someone that my um, partner's mum knew needed some business photos. So I did like a very low paid um, job for them just to get a bit of practice in. And then I remember like one of my very, very first jobs I did when I like after leaving my job, which was the end of November um, 2016, um, in like the first few days of January 2017, I shot a Narnia themed birthday party, which I like, <laughs> I love looking back on that. Like, it's so funny for me that that was like one of my first paid jobs, but I was over the moon to get that. I was like, this is the best that like, I'm living the life. Like someone's paying me to take pictures. Like that was just honestly the That's dream. That's so cool. Um, and now I've made myself forget what the point of this story was. Oh, was it a challenge about the challenge? Um, yeah, so I was doing weddings as well. And I think I probably thought I would do weddings alongside like yeah I think I'm like all time do weddings yeah and and the branding stuff like both at the same time um but in the end I just fell in love with the branding side so much more and I felt like I I couldn't picture myself doing weddings long term just because it is such a commitment like you literally give up your whole weekend like throughout the summer and like it's just I felt like I needed to be like either all in all in on that or not at all so like sort of about a year in advance of wanting to wrap it up I stopped marketing for that because that's sort of the the time scale that people book wedding photographers for so I was sort of having to turn people down a year in advance um but that was great because that meant I had like an end date that I could kind of work towards and know that I needed to up my branding stuff to to meet that deadline and, and make sure I could replace the income so um yeah that's how I ended up kind of phasing that out just because I I felt like there was a real gap in the market. Like when I first started doing the branding stuff, um, I just I yeah. Thinking... I think it's it's become a it's become a thing more recently, hasn't it? I yeah, think definitely. personal brands. Mm-hmm. So did you find did you do you think did you find it challenging not for you personally to to kind of switch between weddings and personal branding, but actually. I don't I I don't actually know what the question is. Did you find it challenging to? But kind of find people that believed in personal branding at that time, I guess. Right. Yeah. Good question. So, yeah, I would I agree with you. Like, it's still quite a new concept. Like, I feel like now in England or in the UK and especially sort of in our kind of circles of you know people who are mm. in like 
you know, online business and everything, it's become more of an accepted phrase and people know pretty much instantly what you're on about. Um, yeah. That wasn't the case four years ago. And I think it's it was quite an American concept. Like it was, they yeah. knew what it was and they kind of invented it, I guess, or it seems that way to me. Um, and so it took us a little bit longer to catch on. So yeah, at the beginning, like, because now I would say like there's very little kind of education. Yeah, so now there's not much education in in what I talk about on my, for example, on my Instagram page and stuff like that, because I know mm. that my ideal clients 100% know what personal branding photography is. So I'm not sort of wasting my energy saying this is what personal branding is and like having to explain it because I'm intentionally targeting people who are already aware. Um, but back in the day at the beginning, like it definitely was more of a kind of educational piece. So for example, like going to networking events which is where I discovered that like people really needed it because <laughs> they were they had amazing businesses like super talented people with great services to offer but you go on their website and there'd be no sign of a face or a human there and I just think that's such a missed opportunity and such a waste because people want to see who they're working with and they want to get that sense of someone's personality so I started to kind of frame it in that way and said like so it's you know headshots are great and you know you can have a headshot um but it isn't it nice to tell a bit more of a story and to give some context and put yourself in your sort of environment when you have your pictures taken um so that's kind of how I started talking about it and then over the years it kind of progressed and became more common um and so yeah people now pretty much know what it is but there's, there's still a bit of kind of I have to like explain it a bit sometimes but I think people are pretty savvy with with what it is now yeah I think like thinking about who I follow and also who I've worked for I think Uh there's there's definitely a divide (laughs) like if I think about like I trade as myself so technicalities I have a personal brand yeah totally get it totally understand it totally understand the need for personal branded photography but then if I think back to like my corporate days like the last job I worked in um the company was the the main guy's name right but it was, you know, there was 200, 250 employees. It was a really, really big business. Mm-hmm. And trying to convince him to show his face and, you know, have a presence on LinkedIn. Uh-huh. Or, there was no way on God's planet that was happening. Oh, really? Like, interesting. Yeah. So it was very much. And I think part of me thinks that's a generational thing he was you know he was probably in his late 60s I would Mm -hmm. have thought and it just makes me wonder like because I think about some of the people that I follow now you know we're talking relatively kind of youngsters might be kind of late 20s early 30s but if they're the founder or the CEO of a business nine times out of ten they're willing to kind of own up to that and be the face of that and that I can only imagine that's quite challenging actually yeah I mean some people like people definitely resist it like not everybody wants to to do it and they like drag their feet a bit in like getting started and like I understand that because it's such a strange concept like yeah people like some quite a lot of my clients have had a shoot before when I work with them but often they haven't um and they I sort of say to them like you know you're not alone in feeling a bit like daunted by this because it's such an alien experience like if we didn't have our own businesses chances are we wouldn't book a photo shoot like obviously you can <laughs> yeah. you know people do sort of confidence shoots and things like that or makeover shoots and whatever and you know that's a thing in in itself um so you might do that but chances are it's quite rare that you'd book a pic- book a photo shoot just for yourself um or like of yourself so I think you have to like let yourself warm up to that idea a bit and if you're really scared about it and you you know you do feel nervous like don't beat yourself up for feeling nervous like that's not going to help it just makes you feel worse so accept that you feel a bit worried about it and let yourself like build up to it so for example like if you are able to book a shoot sort of 
two or three months in advance so that you get like into the right frame of mind for it and things like that like that can help and also working with someone that you really trust and and someone that's going to guide you through the process and give you some kind of prep tips and guidance so that you don't feel alone in it because it can be scary and yeah it even that's it's kind of almost a separate thing like having the photo shoot is one thing getting the pictures back and then having to actually start posting them and like yeah. like me and probably you telling you to like post a picture of every few posts on Instagram and like people really shudder at that still um but when you see the impact of it like that really sort of drives home the point of it because it's that engagement and connection that you're generating with people that really makes a difference so that's what it's all about really yeah 100% and so what would you say would be, what is the biggest benefit? I mean, I've, I think I've definitely got an opinion, but from the pro, <laughs> what, what would you say is the biggest benefit for anybody that's listening to this, that's thinking, you know, I've got business, I've got business name, but I'm just too scared to put my face on Instagram. I don't see the point in it. What, what would you say is the biggest benefit to building your personal brand at the same time and having, you know, personal brand in photo shoots I think the main thing is well for one thing it's kind of a point of differentiation isn't it like we're obviously seeing like hugely saturated markets in a lot of areas right now um probably this year more than ever because like you know one of the upsides of this crazy situation is like a lot of people are starting their own businesses and you know deciding to actually like make that side hustle a bit more of like a main hustle and like going for it with being self-employed which is amazing um but that does mean there's like there's a lot of options for like every possible product or service you can think of so (laughs) if you are let's say a product business and you're posting pictures of that product like yes you know you need to showcase that and that's something I was going to touch on later is like make sure you're kind of giving a an insight into the lifestyle around that product rather than just kind of catalog style images like you really want to put it in context for people and maybe like encouraging um sort of customer photos of the thing in use is, is a great idea as well um but anyway aside from that like if if all people can see is that product and they don't know who's behind it they don't realize there's a human there they don't know the story of it um they're just going to feel less connected to that thing and less likely to buy it like I personally find like when I think back to recent stuff that I bought um like this weekend that someone I know um from Bristol who runs a company called Weekend In, and she did this amazing um like indie shopping events so obviously with markets and stuff not being able to happen and you can't go shopping in real life she set up this thing where um all these independent boutiques had like special offers on and stuff and um I went and bought a few different Christmas presents and like being able to see the person and like know who what their name is and like hear them chatting about the thing that they do and why they do it and you know seeing their passion come through is completely the thing that would will like sell me on something I'd much rather support a real human being that I can see and hear and get a feel for um yeah it just it just makes such a huge difference in that way yeah that's so lovely and I think if you for me I always kind of have to I don't know why it's just kind of in my brain but it always makes it easier if I can almost compare it to something so I think for those people that are kind of maybe listening to this and thinking well, what's the point I don't you know I don't really see the benefit mm-hmm. it is that thing of humanizing like if you think about yeah. buying a drink if you compared somebody that you can see makes it themselves and they might make it in a warehouse yes but if you can see that they're actually making it compared to coca-cola mm-hmm. like there is a very big difference you you don't know the person behind coca-cola because actually it's probably not a person it's probably a machine yeah exactly and I just think that just for me that makes all the difference because as human beings we've all got individual stories and yeah definitely 
there, there might be a reason why you started that business. And like you said, I think you, you pulled out the fact that you can, you can see the passion, you can see mm-hmm. why they've started it. And yeah. that's such a, it just gives you that feel good feeling, doesn't it? I think exactly. that's the thing. I think as well, like, so um, something that just popped into my mind when you were chatting then is like the um, think about your own purchasing decisions as well. Like think back to, let's say the last five things you bought, like chances are at least a few of them will have been from small businesses and you'll have like seen the person's face. Like you'll have been influenced in some way by let's say them doing an Instagram story and like showing yeah. them putting something through or a time-lapse or like a behind the scenes of them pouring candles or, you know, whatever it is that they do, like that stuff really draws people in. And like, it does, like you say, give you that like feel good feeling um, because you know, you're like really supporting someone's livelihood and their passion. And it's just, I don't think you can beat that feeling. So I think, yeah, if you're one of those people that's a bit hesitant, like think back to your own sort of purchasing decisions. And I guess, especially like with service businesses as well, I feel like this is probably a little bit more true that the chances of you having booked somebody for a service that you have seen and heard their voice, for example, are pretty high. Like I personally would never hire, let's say like a coach or maybe, you know, even like in like a therapist or something like that, or, or, um, let's say I had like a Pinterest strategy session with somebody and like I wouldn't book anything like that had I not seen that person's face because I just it just feels weird to me it feels like you don't know who you're talking to so yeah I think it just makes a huge difference to to like you said humanize the brand yeah it's so so true and like you say like it is one of those things with I think there is a significant difference between service base and products but at the same time it's almost like I don't know about anybody else or you, Sophie, but it's almost like I'm so much more inclined to buy a product if I can see somebody making it or yeah. holding, even holding it. Like yeah, it just because it it puts it into context. Mm-hmm. It's just I can't really explain it. <laughs> it's yeah, a bit it's weird, but... Explain, but it's, I just think yeah, it's it just put it sets people apart in my mind like and I think it's such a shame if I see a a great brand on Instagram for example and I scroll through and and there just is no sign of of the person and even if like they might not even have their name in their bio like that makes me cry when I see people that don't have their name and I'm like I just want to be able to write a comment on your picture that says like hi you know insert name here sort of thing that is like that is the magic to everything like that's how you're gonna make me into a loyal customer but because I'm going to feel closer to you when I know your name when I've seen your face when I've heard your voice and you know seen inside your studio where you make the thing like inviting people in in that way is is what's going to set you apart and and give people a chance to really connect with you on a more human level which I think is like it was important anyway but I think we are feeling the the yeah the pull towards more kind of human-based stuff more this year as well um so yeah we've got to kind of go for it and I think yeah that's not to say you should be like you know being hard on yourself if you haven't done that yet or if you're nervous about it like just ease yourself in like try and do something each day or each week that kind of gets you a little bit closer to that so if you don't want to post a selfie on your grid like put put one in stories and then it'll be gone in 24 hours like warm yourself up in a way and you know maybe film a video that just shows your hands and then next week you could try and have your face in it too like you can put little steps in place that get you closer without sort of throwing yourself in the deep end um so yeah I think that's a good way to to practice do you there's something you just said then, and actually I think I picked up on it, the last kind of question as well. Do you think there's a bit of a difference between what somebody's perception of a personal brand is and like that kind of style of photo to what it could be? I think, because when you were talking, I think for me, especially like when we compare service and product-based business, mm-hmm. service-based business is obviously generally 
you work with somebody. So, you know, I can only talk from experience. That's pretty much what I do. Yeah. Um, and my personal brand is me. So my, you know, my grid is probably photos of me, which is mm-hmm. understandable. Yeah. But from a product sense, it's almost like, I don't, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I can almost assume there's a perception that a personal brand is just a, almost like a, hey, look at me. And it's like a picture of them, like whether it's mm-hmm. a selfie or whatever, but obviously we've picked up on the fact that it could be you standing there pouring candles or it mm-hmm. could be whatever. Do you come across that there's a, there's almost like a, a hold up of, I don't want it to be about me. It is a very much mm-hmm. about the product. Yes, I think, yeah, that definitely is a hesitation that people have. And I think, I mean, it's it's a spectrum, isn't it? Like there's different styles of personal branding photography. And yes, you are going to come across some examples of it where it is quite like showy and flashy and like, look at me. I'm thinking of like stuff that I see on Instagram. Like if I'm scrolling yeah. through, I can see like American stuff where it's like, I mean, yes. this is an extreme example, but like, for example, somebody like holding a wad of cash. Like, I do not know what would suggest <laughs> you to do that, but like some people do. Or like having a picture taken in front of like the Eiffel Tower in like a prom gown or whatever. Like there's that kind of side of it, which like I can obviously, that's understandably like a bit questionable and like how relevant is that to what you're doing? And yeah, that's a whole other debate in itself. But I think that maybe that has given it a bit of a bad rap. So people think like if somebody is just like, you know, let's use the candle example again like they're making their candles and and they care about the candles and they want people to have them and they you know they put a lot of care into making them and everything and they don't think it's about them um and they think that if they were to make it about them they'd be perceived like the prom gown wearing person in Paris or whatever (laughs) like that I think for one thing like just let yourself off a hook with that like you're not nobody's going to perceive you in that way just for showing your face like nine times out of ten the response to putting a picture of yourself on Instagram alongside you know something about the story of your business or whatever context you want to put with that um is is overwhelmingly positive and people are just happy to see you and you know you get comments of like nice to meet you and you know um people are drawn in and intrigued so yeah I think we have to separate this idea that like it's a showy flashy look at me thing um because that's really not the point of it and also like I think it's important to note as well, like personal branding photography can go beyond just portraits too. So everything that um, any kind of business, but I guess particularly product businesses for the purposes of this are um, everything they put out is contributing to that brand that they're creating. So the feelings and the kind of aesthetic of your images, the, the words that conjure up in the mind of the person looking at the picture, those are all things that like make up your brand. You know, what people say about your brand to their friends and family and whatever is your brand um so therefore if you're putting on photos of yourself mixed with like lovely cozy pictures of your candles like with blankets around them and fairy lights or whatever and um and then those behind the scenes shots of the studio all ready for you to make them that kind of mixture and um yeah that nice like tapestry of different sides of yourself and your business and your product and you and your story that's what makes the brand so it's not just like here's a picture of me out of context like it all feeds together yeah and it just kind of it almost it helps people just buy into I think especially in the small business world I think because I've got such a corporate background I see it so much where people almost put this significant pressure on the fact of they just need to buy my product and I'm like if you can Mm. see it as a bigger thing like if you can get somebody to buy into a brand rather than just a product Mm -hmm. the longevity of that is nuts and so what you're saying like you saying I liked that you said uh, the tapestry of it. That's lovely. I think that's absolutely, for me, that's absolutely right. Because if mm-hmm. you can kind of make that mixture, you get, you almost, as a as a customer, you get sucked into that and you kind of yeah. want to know every single 
angle of that, don't you? Like, how do they make mm-hmm. it? Where do they make it? Who's making it? Yeah, and then exactly. the actual finally thing. Yeah, it's all feeding into that same story, isn't it? I think that's the key as well to, to keep in mind is is that word story. Like, you even when you're planning pictures of you, like, you know, where you have it and what you're wearing and, you know, what props you have and what time of day it is and all of that stuff as well contributes to that story that you're telling. And I think the key, you know, something that I encourage people to take away from this is like, be really intentional about all of those things. Like don't just kind of post random pictures that feel a bit disconjointed. Like try to think what's the running theme here? Like, what am I trying to do that? Like you said, is is bigger than just this one product that I happen to have for sale right now. Like what is the purpose of your business as a whole? And then post content that contributes to that story because that's the part that people will engage with and like you said the longevity comes from the fact that like you could pivot your product that you're selling but once people have already got to know your brand and your personal brand the the chances of them coming along on that journey with you when you start to sell something different are quite high because they're already like invested in who you are and what you're doing and the bigger mission rather than just that thing that you happen to be selling at that time so yeah focus on what the story is and and be intentional about sharing things that contribute to that story That's such a good tip. I love that. And I think that probably leads me on to the tip section. So obviously before, give you a bit of a heads up before we press record. Um, (laughs) What kind of one to three tips would you give somebody that, I don't know, maybe from from a point of maybe they're considering or maybe we've convinced them to consider a personal branding shoot. What kind of tips would you give somebody um, okay, good question. So I've actually, so when I was writing my notes for this, I wrote down a few things that are just like more general tips for starting a business. So I'll just cover those quickly as well, just because I feel like they kind of feed into it. Go for so, it. Um, something that I would say, so one of them is like niche down and be bold about that. So like, I think people have this fear of like, if I'm too specific about what I'm offering and who it's for, I'm then going to like cut myself off from all this potential income. Whereas I actually am of the opposite view, like the more narrow you can be and the more specific you can be, the more sort of magnetized those right people are going to be to you. Um, So don't try to appeal to everyone because the chances like it's just going to water down your message basically and make it a lot harder to connect with those people who are actually already looking for what you have. Um, and they're just waiting to see you pop up on their Instagram feed. Um, so that's why you need to be <laughs> I, I feel seen, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely been through that myself like recently. And I think people, people, I think if you were to look at my Instagram now, you could probably tell, but I think I went too general. That was definitely well, one it's of quite my scary, photos. isn't it? Like people, there's a lot of sort of scaremongering around it too, and I think that probably oh, comes back you. to like you know messages that we've absorbed from years before about you know not like you know being freelance or self-employed being a bit precarious and like you need to just take every job you can get. I remember I was saying so it's it's understandable that we would try to kind of spread ourselves too thin because we might have been conditioned to believe that being self-employed is a bit precarious and like we ought to take any job yeah. we can get and I think I had that attitude kind of pushed on me quite a lot in the beginning of like because even because I'm I exclusively work with women like my personal branding photography is just of women and um the amount of people and when I say people I mean men um <laughs> at the beginning who were like you're cutting off half the population like why don't you just work with men like I even had a man I remember like my first year of business like this guy sent me a dm and was like pretty much demanding a photo shoot from me and I said no and I think he thought because I was only like a year into my business he seemed to think that I just like couldn't possibly be busy enough to be able to turn him down and just have a really entitled attitude and I was like no like I've got I've done this on purpose I'm being intentional and I've got enough work thanks like I don't need you to you know 
talk me into working with you and anyway that's the whole thing but um the point is you you have to trust in yourself that like the the group of people that you want to work with like they first of all they exist they're out there they need the thing you have um and then you have to be really intentional about the language that you use and the you know the images you put out and every any part of your content to make sure you're attracting that crowd of people um and yeah like you just said you know I feel seen like that's what you want people to say <laughs> when they find your stuff like they want to feel connected and like oh this person gets me like I really yeah they they're speaking to me um, that's oh goodness really like yeah don't get me wrong it totally works and I think when moving from corporate to self-employed like corporate's niche so you, like there are certain lessons that you can learn from bigger businesses yeah. and I think it is just that thing of just being really really scared that you are you know as you say like cutting off half the population like it that mm-hmm. seems like a really scary thing and you kind of think like why would I do that to myself but actually when you focus on one set or one group of people mm-hmm. that all have the same thing or need the same thing then actually you become known for that thing yeah that's it as well isn't it it's like setting out like what do I want to be known for like that's a great question to ask like in your first few months of business is and again it comes back to that wider mission like not only what what is the product that I'm making or what is the service that I'm offering but like what am I actually doing like what was the point of it all <laughs> I think for me like that because I um also offer mentoring to other business owners and I think that reflects this same thing that I'm talking about which is like yes I take pictures of people um but actually my bigger mission is to help women be visible and be seen and do what they love and and make a success of it and so my mentoring work falls completely under that same umbrella like it's not a different message or mission it's exactly the same work I want women who are creative and um perhaps don't have that inner confidence from the outset um to be able to pursue what they love and to do it well so I think that's something to to yeah make clear for yourself in your first year of business like what is my bigger mission and then what are these what slots under this that I can do and you know what services and products can I offer that further that mission agreed totally agreed great tip sorry I chimed in was I've got like a one and a one a written on my notebook <laughs> that was like my next one. anyway um so I've written find your people but I've also written like get support so find your people I, I mean more like you know find those communities and groups of people that can cheerlead you and you can bounce ideas off and you can cry to or rant to or whatever and and like have just basically like business besties um so that because often you know if we're self-employed we might be one of a few of our group of friends who like let's say from school or uni or whatever who've done that and that's definitely the case for me so I have you know gone out and found other people who also run their own businesses and that's been like super powerful for me um so yeah having people to talk to who really get what you're going through is really important and then on the get support side like that is I do mean like professional help (laughs) because I think you just can't I can't overstate the value of getting um, an outside perspective and like somebody to to talk through things with. Um, and yeah, I, in my experience, I've worked with a couple of different coaches before um, and that can just be so, just so good to have like a dedicated time every week, let's say, or every couple of weeks to talk about your business um, and be able to just like get things off your chest and get, you know, a fresh perspective on things. It's, yeah, it's just completely amazing. So I would recommend that too. Agreed. I've definitely worked with some amazing coaches as well. And I don't think it was, that was probably the scariest thing I've ever done because it was such a big mm. chunk of money. Yeah. So I I can empathize good. why people don't do it, but I mm-hmm. would absolutely implore you to. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is the thing. I think until you have done it, you you do look at it in that way and you're like, oh God, this is a lot of money. Like, am I going to see yeah. a return on this? And obviously like be discerning and do a lot of research into it because there are like, you know, there's millions of different options you could go with and you have to make sure you find someone that really does align with your values. And that is kind of like for me personally, like I don't, everyone has different motivations, but I'm not massively sold on the kind of people who talk a lot about making loads of money you know like people who call them sort of yeah. self, six and so, seven figure coaches or whatever this is like if somebody is kind of saying that don't feel that you need to be like drawn into that like if you're not if that's nowhere near like what you're working towards or like it just doesn't align with you don't feel pressured just because someone's got like a really shiny marketing campaign that kind of draws you in like, you don't need to do that like find someone that you really connect with and that you can relate to on some level and um and that you feel yeah has the same values as you and, and that's a good way to choose um but yeah you really can't go wrong with with getting some some help especially in the early days um and then yeah surround yourself with people who are kind of in the same boat as you as well and and share ideas and, and support each other Agreed. So totally agreed. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Great tips. Love Thank them. You. And in terms of anybody that's kind of thinking about personal branding photo shoots, what kind of tips would you give somebody? I don't, I've not actually had a personal branding photo shoot yet. I was meant to have one the week after we went into lockdown. Oh, <laughs> And obviously that didn't happen. So um, I think I'm relatively confident in front of a camera, but maybe, you know, not everybody is. So what kind of tips would you give somebody that's maybe thinking about it, but is kind of on the edge of it? Yes, good question. So yeah, not everybody is confident. And like, that's amazing if you are like, embrace that and go with it because that's such an asset um but yeah if you're feeling a bit nervous I think as I mentioned before like it's really important to work with people that you trust and even if you are going to just have like a friend or family member take pictures of you like make sure that is with someone that you feel really comfortable with and that's on board with why you're doing it and like you know is gonna is working towards the same goal as you which is to get some really nice pictures that actually look like you and that feel like you and you know the best version of you really um and yeah guide them a bit in how to do that so yeah that would be the main thing is like think about who you're doing it with um and focus on how you want to feel as well like if you are feeling really nervous and you find yourself kind of focusing on that word and thinking like oh god I'm just really scared and um I don't feel good about this and I'm not going to enjoy it like that's going to affect your experience so if you can kind of flip the script on that a little bit and try to get into the right frame of mind and that mindset of like I want to feel confident I want to feel joyful I want to come across as you know insert whatever word it is that you want to feel um and then spend a little bit of time focusing on those things and trying to get into that frame of mind and and that might be something you do like on the day so by playing like your favorite music for example or wearing like your favorite dress that makes you feel really confident because it's like colorful or you know whatever it is for you it's going to be completely unique um try to do those things for yourself either in the lead up or just on the day of the shoot um yeah anything you can do to make yourself feel more like yourself on a really good day um is gonna help that's so true and I love that you said that about the dress because before I had planned my branded shoot my the photographer that I had chosen was like pick something that you are so unbelievably comfortable in that makes Mm -hmm. you feel like the sexiest woman on the planet and I was like (laughs) uh okay (laughs) Uh, but she was right and I was so totally ready to wear there's a, there's a particular dress and I was so ready to wear it mm-hmm. and I was like it's gonna be good I'm gonna feel good in it actually and because yeah. I think regardless of whether you are confident or not like there's always an element of I don't want to say fear but 
it is kind of fear because it's the fear of the unknown. Like, yeah, if you've not had it, it, it before. Yeah, it is nerve-wracking. Like, even if you are yeah, looking forward to it and excited, there's always a bit of, it's just an unknown, isn't it? I think if you haven't done it before, anything that you've not done before is going to feel yeah. a bit scary. But yeah, that's a great tip, like being, um, choosing something that you feel really confident in. And like, if you can also like associate positive sort of feelings with that, like let's say dress or, you know, there might be like a prop or some sort of something else you're going yeah. to if you can associate that with like good feelings that's going to help you like get in the right mindset in the day once you put it on um so yeah that makes a huge difference and I think um what else was I going to say uh, some of my other tips were more sort of product for like product business based which so I think I mentioned before about kind of trying to make sure you focus on what the lifestyle is that surrounds your product so showing it in context as much as possible and that might be like if if budget is limited like initially trying to encourage user generated content so getting pictures of people using their product or even just like unboxing it you know when they first get their parcel in the post or whatever um all of that stuff helps if you can get pictures that show it in context and being used um and also I mean I I, I do think like product photography is such a value valuable investment and again like one of those things that at the beginning people are like oh I've got so much to pay for like do I really need this like can I not just take pictures on my phone and yes you can and that will get you to a point but things like press you know if you want to get in the press and the papers like they're they're just not going to accept pictures that aren't high res you know proper quality pictures um and also things like not on the high street if you sell on there I know they've got really like stringent kind of criteria for their content so if you haven't got professional pictures you might not be able to even list on there so it is such a, a valuable investment um and yeah often the people who are really great will have kind of waiting lists so if you're thinking like let's say let's say you want to have like get in some sort of press like next Christmas it sounds crazy to be talking about that but <laughs> you might want to think about like booking a shoot for sort of June July next year and that might mean getting on their waiting list like in January or February coming up so like plan ahead and think like give yourself time to save up and you know put some money aside each month towards that and it will be a thousand percent worth it it just makes such a huge difference having professional images I couldn't agree more actually it, like with my my background is e-commerce so it's Oh, you the, know how it is then. I, I yeah. The pain of having rubbish pictures. <laughs> yeah. It is. Trying to make a website look good. It's absolutely unvaluable. Like there's, there's just, it's ridiculous the difference that it can make. Because we used to have um, somebody that used to come in and take photos and they were clearly not a trained photographer, right. but knew their way around a camera, if you mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And we could just tell the difference and then there would be you know we'd have styled shoots once a month or what have you and the difference was just insane mm. and I don't think I don't think enough people put as much of a uh, I don't know what the word is uh, uh an onus on the fact of like styled shoots and it's not just it's one thing especially when we're talking about selling online it's one thing to have a white background image but I think mm-hmm selling online with us you know we, we've talked a lot about humans and connection when we think about products a lot of people like to be touchy and feely and yeah. there are certain products that you probably won't buy unless you can feel it mm. obviously the world we're living in right now it's not really that possible so if you can portray that in imagery whether that's a close-up of the material or mm-hmm. like as little as putting it next to something that puts it into perspective in terms of size like a lot of people miss out on all that kind of stuff 
yeah that's so important as well like actually put showing the scale of something and like you said like that sort of tactility like you we do miss out on that now so having images that really like conjure those feelings um is so important so people can really picture it and imagine it like in their house for example if it's something if it's like you know with fashion stuff like having it on on someone or hanging up in a wardrobe or whatever like having um examples of it in context is is how it's gonna um put it in someone's imagination being in their own life it's so 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 important well, I'm really, really conscious of time, Sophie. So I am going to, if you're happy, if you've kind of shared everything. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so for anybody that's listened to this and has decided that you're absolute the don on branded photography, because you are absolutely a bloody pro, where can people find you? How can they book you? What are your services? All of that kind of jazz. Um, thank you very much. So I am uh, my website is sophiecareful.co.uk um, and I'm Sophie Careful on Instagram. That is like the word careful with a double L. That is actually my name, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and I am currently booking photo shoots for next year for about like May, June time. Um, because I instead of uh, shooting in the winter, I do mentoring. So I'm um starting up again in May, but I've got uh, sorry, starting up again in March. Um, but I'm now booked up until early May. So um, I do half day shoots and full day shoots um, and I travel all over the country when I'm allowed to. (laughs) Um, And yeah, that includes kind of lots of outfit changes. We can use different locations, which I can help you find. Um, I also include hair and makeup in in the packages. and what else do I need to tell you about that? Yeah, there's there's lots of information on the website anyway if you want to find out more. And we can basically have a little, um, I call it a virtual cuppa, have a bit of like a discovery call kind of chat and talk about your ideas and um, see if we're a good fit to work together. And then we can go from there. That's so cool. I had a really quick look at your website um, when I asked you to be on the podcast. Your website is beautiful. Thank you very much. Well, I'm always, I have to always give credit to my branding designer, Meg from Lemon and Birch, because she, um, I've just got like a basic Squarespace website that I've done myself, but people always say like, it looks really nice and it is completely down to Meg's branding. Without that, <laughs> it would look really boring and dull. So yeah, she's really jazzed it up with my um, my logo and everything. So yeah. Oh, there's a little personal recommendation. I love that. Um, your packages look absolutely amazing as well. And I think, I, again, I was having a ganders at kind of what you get and everything else and I think for the value that you're that someone's going to get it's absolutely insane and I absolutely love that you do mentoring during the winter is that so that you don't have to travel and go out and be in the cold um sort of yeah <laughs> I just find like I personally might like the photography that I love I love natural light photography mostly I do work with light sometimes um but I yeah it's it's just really difficult to shoot when the weather's terrible and when you've got such short hours like my longest shoot is six hours and there physically aren't six hours in a day like by the time you've had hair and makeup <laughs> and stuff there's just not enough light and I just yeah when there's no leaves on the trees I just kind of like my soul just dies a little bit so I have to wait <laughs> for the blossom comes back in March and then I kick back into photography so <laughs> that's so true I've never really thought about it like that that's so yeah good. well people don't this is the thing like it, you, you don't need to like if you're just a normal person that's not <laughs> yeah. like, likely not to even notice but for me it makes a real difference having like greenery and um just having that kind of sense of life in the background of like outdoor images um and that's really important to me so yeah that's that's why I started doing that and I love the mentoring as well it's great to be able to help other business owners and um yeah just support people in getting their brand sorted and figuring out who they want to um, work with and talk to um, and yeah it's good fun I love that well thank you so so much for your time Sophie I really really appreciate it thank you very much it's been so fun cool I'll talk to you really soon all right speak soon have a nice day 
Thanks. Bye. Bye.